Good morning, everyone. It is great to be with you today. You know, a couple of weeks ago, it was after the worship and Carla just started preaching and I promise I really was listening, but God really spoke into my mind at that moment with the words, throw off your grave clothes. It was a bit out of the blue, to be honest. So those words jumped into my head and I, I was reminded of how Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. And over the coming days, uh, those thoughts stayed with me and I really felt challenged that God had asked me to share on it. So we'll be using that passage of scripture uh, about Lazarus as our text today. But before we get to that, I want to tell you a little, little of what I feel God is saying for us as the church, as our church and you as individuals. I believe it's time, church, for us all to have a deep conviction and faith that goes further than just belief in a concept, that what the scriptures actually say are true, that it matters for us today and that we live our lives by the word of God. We are in days where darkness is encroaching the earth. And if we don't have the love of the Father, the light of Christ, the truth of the word and the power of the Holy Spirit, we will get swallowed up in confusion and apathy. This is not a time to coast by in your faith by turning up to church on a Sunday or just catching a message online every now and then by going to the odd Christian event or having Christian friends and hoping at the end of the day that it's enough to get a tick next to your name in the book of life. If you have professed Jesus Christ is your Lord and Saviour. If you believe that he died on the cross and was resurrected three days later, that he took your sin upon himself so that a right relationship was restored between you and the Father. If you believe that and have confessed it, you are saved. You're saved into eternity with him. And that's really good news, isn't it? However, if you truly believe that, then you also must believe the rest of the Bible. And there's a lot in there about how following Jesus requires some things of us. There are promises in there about God's love for us, about the power of his name to overcome the enemy. There are instructions for us to live sacrificially and missionally, to love our neighbours and lay down our lives for our brothers. There are instructions to be obedient to God's word, there are examples of the miracle working power of God at work, and those things are still for today. But that stuff requires more than just a belief. It requires faith to live it out, to lay hold of it as truth, and to apply it to our lives. Last week, Carl spoke about being deaf and mute and how not hearing properly leads to not speaking clearly. Well, today, we're going to cover being blind and bound. How not seeing the truth leads us to living in bondage instead of freedom. There's a scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 to 20. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life, so that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. He has set before us, church, life and death, blessings and curses, and he instructs us, choose life. 
He tells us there, I think, an amazing formula for living a Christian life, a, a, a life that follows Jesus. It says, love God, listen to him, and hold fast to him. That's what we need today. But today I want to talk about some of the ways that we are still choosing death over life in our lives. And I really feel that God is calling us out of it. Let's pick up our story of Lazarus in John chapter 11, verse 38 to 44. But to give some context of what's happening, uh, it's helpful to know that Jesus was with the disciples and he had already received word uh, from Mary and Martha that Lazarus was sick. They'd sent him news hoping that Jesus would come to Lazarus and heal him and raise him from his sickbed. Jesus proclaimed to his disciples that Lazarus's sickness would not end in death, but that it was for God's glory to be shown. And then he stayed for another two days where he was, and then he made the journey to Judea. However, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had died and had been in the tomb for four days, which doing the math means probably, I think it was a two-day journey, so he probably died just after he had received word that Lazarus was sick. There's a bit from Martha and Mary, which you'd understand, a bit of, well, if only you'd come earlier, you could have saved him, you could have healed him. I get that. It must have been really painful for them, knowing the power that Jesus had to heal. They'd witnessed it. But what's interesting is that even though Jesus knows that he is going to raise Lazarus from the dead, he weeps when he sees the sisters and the crowd of Jews mourning. It says he was deeply moved in spirit, and the shortest scripture in the Bible arrives, Jesus wept. In typical religious fashion, there are some who murmur about the love Jesus had for Lazarus, and others who said, couldn't he have kept him from dying if this is the same man who healed the blind man? So we had both admiration and faith on one side, and cynicism and doubt on the other. I think that's a pretty good picture of the church, don't you reckon? Let's read from John eleven thirty eight to 44. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes, and let him go. There's a few things to draw out of this passage. Firstly, Martha's response to Jesus as he asks for the tomb to be opened. I mean, if that were you, Jesus turns up. You already know the power that Jesus has, and he asks for the tomb to be opened. Don't you think your response is going to be, wow, Jesus is here. He is going to perform a miracle. This is going to be amazing. You'd be excited, right? But instead, she cautions him. Jesus there's a stench of death in there. Lazarus has been dead for four days. And I want to relate this to us today because I think there are so many of us who have areas of sin 
or brokenness or shame in our lives that we won't let Jesus have access to for fear of the smell, for fear of the stench of death in that part of us. I couldn't, I couldn't let Jesus into that pornography addiction or, or my lies or my cheating or my deep grief and pain or my abuse or my fear, my doubt, my rage. You fill in the gap for you. Like, Jesus, it stinks. Like, really, it's repulsive. You can't come in here, Jesus. There's only death here. But listen to what Jesus says to Martha. Did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God. Remember the truth of the word. It says that Jesus will heal, redeem, deliver, save, set free, raise to life. And the promise, you will see the glory of God. What was it that made Jesus enter the tomb? Was it religious duty? Was it because of the expectations of those around him? Did he just want to prove the naysayers wrong and raise Lazarus to life to prove a point? No, the scripture here tells us after he wept, it says Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It's the compassion of God that motivates Jesus to open the tomb. Into the stench of death, he wants to resurrect us out of our sin and shame and brokenness and pain. There's no judgment. He's not holding his nose as he comes near to us. He weeps for us. And with compassion and love, he brings the dead places in us back to life. He calls us out by name, just like he called Lazarus. He said, Lazarus, come out. He's saying to you today, by your name, come out. Jesus prays and This he does as a demonstration to those around him so that they understand it was the Father who sent him. Father, thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I'm just saying it out loud so the people will believe. I only have the faith that what we hear in the word of God and what we pray according to God's will would be done. That is the faith God is calling us to and to trust in his timing and his way of outworking the answer. Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. I find it interesting here that he didn't say come to life, but come out. Jesus in his prayer did not ask God to raise Lazarus. He thanked him for already having heard, then gave the command to Lazarus to guide him out of the darkness. Let's picture Lazarus in this moment. The Bible says his hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and he had a cloth around his face. Got a picture here to show you uh, typically what grave clothes of that day looked like. Those strips of cloth that wrapped around the body and a cloth or a napkin tied around the face and head. I find it interesting that even though grave clothes like this generally covered the whole body, this scripture makes specific mention of the napkin covering Lazarus's face and his hands and feet being bound. As the church, We are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We are mandated to be the mouthpiece of the gospel. But unfortunately, as modern Christians, some of us never take off our grave clothes and we live our entire lives in these rotting, smelly rags that represent the death and corruption of our old sin nature. Jesus' command of come out Lazarus is like his call to us today, both to his people and to his church, 
Stop living as if you were dead. Stop living as if you were dead, church. By your name, stop living as if you were dead. You have been raised to life by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, out of sin and death, into the righteousness and life of Jesus. Not only that, but you have the power of the Holy Spirit within you. How much more alive can you be? But we are still walking around with our grave clothes on. We have life, but not necessarily liberty. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life in its fullness. He has come to set the captives free. They are both scriptural promises. I want to give you a personal example today of how I was living in freedom of Christ, but still choosing to wear my grave clothes. Some of you may know that in my teenage years, I got caught up in some occult practices, Ouija boards, spirit writing, calling on the dead, etc. There became a real battle over my life spiritually, to the point where a demon appeared to me in my room, and obviously I was terrified. I felt constantly followed wherever I went. I'm so thankful that God exposed where I was at and the life that I was hiding from my family. And I was able to receive prayer and get freedom from that spiritual torment and bondage that I was living in. I walked away from that occult practice and I, it was amazing. I discovered the power of the name of Jesus through that process. It was amazing, incredible. I was free of something that had bound me. But later on, even though I was totally free and forgiven from these practices, I found myself being drawn to watching like videos on ghosts and mediums and other supernatural counterfeits. And ultimately, I was alive in Christ, but I was choosing to put back on my grave clothes. And they stunk. They stunk of death. And again, I needed the quiet conviction of the Holy Spirit to remind me that I needed to choose life and its fullness and focus my spiritual curiosity on the power of God, not the counterfeit of the enemy. Throwing off grave clothes isn't always a one-time thing. Proverbs says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so fools return to their folly. I know that's a disgusting thought, but it's so true. In our foolishness, we return to the things that we have been set free from. However, in his mercy and grace, and being clothed with Christ instead of grave clothes, not only did he set me free, but he turned my sin into ministry, seeing other people delivered from the demons that bind them. What a God we serve. What a God we serve to take death and turn it to life. It's interesting to know that after Lazarus was raised from the dead, Jesus' own death and resurrection took place shortly after. It's hard to know the exact time frame, uh, but from a study I've looked at, it could be anywhere from between two weeks and a few months, but a relatively short time. In fact, Scripture tells us that Lazarus was present at a meal with Jesus just six days before he was crucified. What an amazing picture. A man who had been raised to life, seated at the table with Jesus, who was about to face his own death and resurrection, and they ate together. Jesus was sinless. He was the son of God, and yet he called himself the son of man to identify his humanity with us. Fully divine, yet completely human. The religious and self-righteous of the day condemned him to death on a cross. A crown of thorns on his head. 
his body whipped and beaten, his hands and feet nailed to the cross, and he was given a sponge of vinegar to drink from when he was thirsty. He bore the weight of our sin, our sickness, shame, and death. And he wore separation from God in that most horrific but beautiful exchange. His death for our eternity. Our sin and defeat to his righteousness and victory. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, it's titled, Made Alive in Christ. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, that is Satan. The spirit who is now at work, Satan, and those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. At one time, we were spiritually dead in trespasses and sins, and we conducted our lives according to the pattern of the world, essentially following Satan by default. And we lived in our grave clothes, serving the passions of our flesh and the desires of our minds and bodies, because by nature we were dead to God and alive to our grave clothes, which, which represent our sin nature. What a frightening sight it would be if we actually saw people from this true spiritual perspective. It would look like some kind of horror movie, like people walking around with vacant stairs and covered in rotting clothes as they do their wicked deeds, like some kind of zombie movie. But this is the spiritual reality, that without Christ you are as good as dead because of the sin nature. Yet he calls us by name and he says, come out, take off your grave clothes. Jesus too was wrapped in grave clothes when he was put in the tomb. Reading from John 20 verse 1 to 8. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. Of course, that was John. And said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of, li uh, strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. Grave clothes that had been left behind as Jesus was resurrected back to life before ascending to the right hand of the Father. The account of Lazarus' resurrection showed us a man being brought back to life physically, and Jesus showed us what coming back to life physically and spiritually would mean for us all. When Martha and Jesus were speaking, and Jesus said, your brother will rise again, Martha responded, yes, I know he will rise again in the next life. 
But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. But then he asked Martha, do you believe this? Today, Jesus is asking you, do you believe this? Do you truly believe that he is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe he is who he says he is? Are you willing to trust him and take the act of throwing off your grave clothes to follow him? Are you willing to first let him into your tomb with the stench of death and allow his love and compassion and grace to bring you back to life? When you take off your grave clothes and you take that cloth off your face, then you can see things you didn't see before. You can have eyes of faith and hope. For you were blind, but now you see. Your ears are no longer covered, so you can hear clearly. And your mouth is no longer obstructed, so you can speak with conviction. The saving grace and good news of the gospel. Your feet are unbound, so you can follow Jesus without restraint. And your hands are unwrapped so that they can receive and show the mercy of God to others. If you're listening today and you have not accepted the truth, that Jesus Christ died for you, you personally, because he loves you. He is right now knocking on that tomb with love and compassion in his eyes and his arms stretched out to you. Nothing is too dark. No stench is too foul. No sin is too great. His greatest desire is that you would put your trust in him and accept the freedom that he purchased on the cross for you. He has already done it. He has already taken on your every sin and he has defeated both sin and death as he rose from the tomb. He has already made a way for you to have relationship with Father God. He promised for you that the Holy Spirit would fill you and empower you to live out the days to come. It's all there, wrapped up and freely given to you. Will you accept it? Will you throw off the grave clothes of unbelief and accept the freedom of salvation and the hope of eternity? If you want to respond yes to this today, then can I ask you to pray this prayer along with me? Say it out loud if you can, wherever you are. Father, I thank you that you created me and you love me. Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for me in order to defeat the power of sin and death over my life. Please forgive me all my sins and wrong thinking. Today, I choose to turn away from my old life and start a new life following you. Help me, Lord Jesus, to allow you access to every part of my life. I accept your call to come out of the tomb and throw off my grave clothes of doubt and unbelief to live in the freedom of salvation. Holy Spirit, fill me now that I would have your help and strength to continue to walk in this freedom all the days of my life. Amen. You know, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 10 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. To those who have done that this morning, welcome to the family. We want to support you in your journey of faith. So if you're watching online, you can email us at prayer at lifechurch.nz and we'll send you some resources and see how else we can help you to follow Jesus. Or just comment in the chat and we'll find a way to get in touch with you. For everyone else this morning, I feel like there's still some business to be done. Church, today it's time to throw the grave clothes off and truly accept what Christ has done for us and act accordingly. Throw off the grave clothes of apathy. Throw off the grave clothes of shame. Throw off the grave clothes of self-pity. Throw off the grave clothes of hopelessness. Throw off the grave clothes of victimhood. Throw off grave clothes of sin and secrets. Throw off grave clothes of grief and past hurts. Church, let's collectively throw off the grave clothes of doubt and lay hold of the promises in the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us be a church that is fully alive in the redeeming and transforming power of God at work within us and the eternal hope that we have. Will we have suffering on this earth? Yes, we will. Will we have troubles? Yes, even the Bible promises that to us. Will we grow weak and die at some point? Yep. Will people hurt us? Undoubtedly. Will we fail at times? Yes. But the resurrection power of Christ lives within us throughout it all. We are more alive in him than people who don't yet know him. So let's act like it. Let's choose to remove those grave clothes that bind us. Romans 13, 11 to 14 says this, and I believe it's for right now. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. What will you choose to clothe yourself with today? I'd love to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus that you have saved us and set us free by your finished work upon the cross. Today, we give you permission and access to every part of our lives to expose those areas of death and darkness that we are still living with. Show us, Lord, where we are still bound in grave clothes. By the power in the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority over death and deception. I take authority over apathy and unbelief. I bind them in the grave clothes that are meant for them and I command them to be loosed from your sons and daughters right now in Jesus' name. Lord, your command to Lazarus was to come out from the tomb and today we make that decision to come out from our darkness. We ask, Lord, that you would renew our minds and restore our hearts. We want to see you and hear you, hear your voice clearly, Lord, so that we can speak of your goodness and faithfulness. 
um, bind our hands and our feet so that we can truly live in the joy and freedom of serving you and others for all the days to come. Thank you, Lord, for your grace for each one of us. Thank you for your love and compassion that moves you to set us free. We accept today, Lord, that you see us as worthy of receiving freedom. We say yes and amen to all you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together and declare that victory afresh in our lives. Thank you, Lord.